Greetings. Today we have the pleasure of sharing with you our 45th Costa Rica Pura Vida Lifestyle Podcast Series episode that deals with the daily life in Costa Rica and the many questions that arise when thinking about moving here, visiting for a while, how one acquires their legal status, and so on. Becoming a resident of Costa Rica is a very involved process, and uh, thank God we have somebody like Kevin McNamee to, to see us through. Kevin is the representative for Costa Rica immigration and moving experts. He and his entire team have helped hundreds of people in acquiring their legal status and everything that's involved with the process, the legal process, and also moving here. He's been doing this for many years. He's an expert, a professional, and a perfectionist when it comes to his business. And I'm really happy to have him here with us again, our 45th time, and uh, in the next couple of months, we're recording a series of questions and answers, and uh, Kevin's going to be on the answer side, and I'll be on the question side. So, Kevin, welcome for the 45th time. We appreciate your spending a few minutes with us, explaining what you know and what we need to know about Costa Rica, moving here, and visiting. Well, again, as I frequently say, I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and your and your audience and trust me i'll try to give you the straight goods every time i have a proclivity to say if i have any doubt whatsoever simply i don't know i'll have to cover this at a, a future date as i check the facts so thank you again for your invitation and let's fire away and see I can totally confuse everybody all at once. <laughs> Sounds good, Kevin. Hey, in our first 44 episodes, we've discussed a lot of uh, a lot of information about Costa Rica. And again, I thank you from all of our readers and listeners. We have over 211,000 now as of today, and I'm very excited about that. But uh, that also gives us an endless bucket full of questions. And one of the questions that I've been uh, reviewing and listening to for the past week or so, because as you know, there's an uptick of uh, expats coming to Costa Rica for one reason or another. A lot of them ask me what it's like here in Costa Rica. They ask me three or four months down the line when I when I'm living here finally, what can I expect? And you stay in touch with a lot of your clients. What do they tell you? Well. Yes, I do stay in touch with a lot of my clients because I'm part of the expat community here and, and uh, they keep meeting me at various functions and such. And a number of them, a good many, goodly number of them, actually I treat as friends because that's what we have become. Because at a certain stage, we're all, we all continue to be visitors in Costa Rica. It doesn't matter if you've been here for one month, one year, 10 years, 30 years, 32 years and a half, like myself. So uh, the, the community, it's not an us and them, it's a community that you spend part of your time with the Costa Ricans and fellow expats and people who've been here for a long time and a short time. People, fellow people that are in business here, we run across each other, figuratively speaking, uh, many of the time, running across people physically part of the car, so we try to not do that too often. But you know, it's a, it's a very good question on your behalf and, and 
sort of a broad spectrum answer. What can you expect and what can you, what can you expect contact wise or family wise or, or front wise and such? It's the old story, you get basically what you put out. If uh, you go to some sort of beach and say, I'm building my house here and I don't want a road to my house and I don't want power and I don't want an extra power and I don't want internet and stuff for telephones. Well, you won't meet too many people, but you, if that's what you want, it's available here, just like almost everything's available. The closer you are to the larger hubs, this is the Central Valley with the Valdez, Estazu, Santa Ana, on and on, all the way to up to the International Airport, verging into Cartago and area. It's all called part of the Central Valley and such. And you meet everybody like you would, like any other country, any other city or town that in your country that you're coming from. It's just you make the effort to meet people, you will. One of the most common areas to meet people, everybody automatically thinks of bars or bars or poke up bars or whatever. Believe it or not, most people, no, I shouldn't say most people, but a lot of people ask them there the, uh, is the uh, Episcopalian church here, is the Catholic church here, is the Protestant church, Protestant churches here, et cetera, et cetera. That's a great place to meet other families um, of Costa Ricans and uh, people from your own religion. Is there a Jewish synagogue here? There's a number of them, the large Jewish population. Most of those people came from uh, the exodus from the because of the Second World War and the families settled here. The uh, intermarried common here and uh, we we have a, a, a goodly representation of Jewish people the Mormon church is alive and active here Seventh-day Adventist churches are, are certainly uh, alive and well here as my wife knows and the Catholic church is predominantly here predominant here and that's because I know that because I happen to be Catholic and my wife happens to be a Seventh-day Adventist and so there's just a wide variety of ways of meeting people and such. One of the other amazing aspects, people never seem to check out, and the ramifications are not great, but there, there is the fact that if a person is from America or part of Europe or from Canada or the British Commonwealth, a good part are not aware of the fact that we do not operate under Anglo-Saxon law here. Like much of Canada is Anglo-Saxon law, all the USA is Anglo-Saxon law, but Costa Rica is Neapolitan law, which is typical of a lot of European countries. Is there a big difference? Uh, some, but not to the point where you say, call my mover and move it back to my home country. Subtle, change, subtle things that are, are applicable here that people say, my God, I've been here for 10 years and didn't know that. The big difference is, and we, we hear Americans in particular say this, they, they encroach on the law or open up, break the law, 
and they get uh, penalized by put in jail until they have the court hearing. And a month goes by or so, which is not untypical of getting a court date. But the fact is, in Costa Rica and Costa Rica law, which is Neopatic law, you are guilty until you are proven innocent. The other way around from Anglo Saxon law, it's innocent until proven guilty. We had a chap that uh, committed a felony in a rather grave one. No violence that's encountered, but uh, financial scam. And they put him in prison to do what they could to clarify or get a case built, a larger case or a firmer case uh, built against him. So he called for and got an interview with a local newspaper or newspaper or TV program, uh, whatever. He, he was on some public mechanism, I believe it was the newspaper, claiming and uh, erroneously, but claiming, I, as everybody know in the world knows, you're innocent until proven guilty. And the, the TV host, yeah, what TV? The TV host just let him talk. So five or 10 minutes, he claimed his rights as a citizen of the world that Everybody knows you're innocent until you're guilty, until uh, you're proven guilty, blah, 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 blah. And then at the very end of this, the talk or the dissertation or whatever you want to call it, the host said, well, you know, you are in Costa Rica and it is Neoponic law. And your premise of your whole 20 minutes now has been oh, hard done by you have been by Costa Rica and the legal system because you assuming you're innocent until you're proven guilty. And the man just wilted because all his frustration and pent up emotion and such was predicated on a false premise. Now, did it change the outcome of the law? No, it's, he was found guilty and he was by his own admission later guilty of what they charged him, but he didn't think it was that bad of what he'd done. And, I guess ripping off little old ladies and and naive fellow country home country people is uh, frowned on a lot more here than it is in his home country. The fact is, he did go to prison. I believe he's still there, but uh, I can't verify that for a fact. But that's just one of the interesting things. But their traffic laws are basically the same as we have in most countries. Uh, some countries. Slightly variations. The stoplights here, uh, you do have the, the right to look, check, and turn right on red if there's no oncoming traffic. Uh, late at night, if you come up to a stop sign, you wait five or stop light, and you and usually there's a stop sign also, and you check the traffic both right and left. Most people proceed through because it's no, it's just common sense and. This is what you do find in Costa Rica. There's an awful lot of common sense. There's nothing coming, senor. I mean, simple as that. Mr. Policeman, here's our first car I saw in the last five minutes. Yes, I went through the red light. I went, turned right on the red light. And I believe some people take a bird at the fact that they can't turn left on it, and they do it. But you're not going to be uh, indunated, indunated. You're not going to have a lot of problems with the law, it's just a fact that it's different.
don't know. Well, that really makes it. Yeah, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, I don't know whether I lost my host or not, but uh, I'll still claim. I'll keep talking if it didn't. So carry on, Skipper. Sorry. No, uh, that really makes a lot of sense. So there are quite a few differences. And one thing I'd like to point out, and it kind of goes along with your answer here today, those expats who move to Costa Rica, they really have the best of both worlds, don't they? They can they can adapt totally to the Pura Vida lifestyle and just go all in. Or if they want to, they can stay Americanized, which a lot of people do. And this is the exact opposite of some of the expat communities in the world. For example, in Nepal or perhaps in small communities in Peru or Patagonia where, where you really have to be all in and your life changes totally. And that's one thing that I liked about Costa Rica. I feel like I, I am all in now, but for the first couple of years when I visited and lived in Costa Rica, I tended to uh, kind of ease my way into it. Do you see what I'm talking about? Exactly, Skip. It's, uh, just uh, segued into the, the question people ask, well, where do the Americans live? Uh, where do the Canadians live? Where do the French Canadians live? Where do the Italians live? And on and on. You know, people are genuinely interested because they wouldn't ask the question, typically, hopefully. But the fact is, there's a standard reply. Don't know, but if you find out, let me know so I can tell people. The fact is, there is no, people do gravitate to, for a certain period of time to a certain area because I hear there's a lot of Americans there. But very quickly realize that they came here for a change. If you wanted to move to Escadu or even Santa Ana, where there is a a preponderance of North Americans, not exclusive, but there is a preponderance of them. Well, then why move to Costa Rica? You're, you're, the, the culture of Costa Rica is so, so vibrant and so uh, deep and so interesting and so enjoyable and so uh, acceptable or accepting the foreigner that it is, like you just said, it's very easy to walk on both sides of the street. Uh, but you enjoy their fiestas, the festival, and you celebrate your own July 1st or July 4th or, or Labor Day or whatever, Father's Day, Mother's Day. They have their days down here. North Americans or other Europeans have their parents' day on different dates, but they join Koch weekends with and their celebration. Uh, Mother's Day, believe it or not, is about the third largest holiday here in Costa Rica. Easter being the first number one holiday, literally the country shuts down for a week or, or two. Everybody lives at the beach, everybody enjoys the beach. Uh, the traffic jams to the beach is, uh, is horrendous, but we smart ones know to go early or, or late. Um, Christmas is very big. But the third largest holiday here in Costa Rica is Mother's Day. And, and you literally give a small token gift to every female you of childbearing age that you know not as not it's not compulsory or so but it's appreciated it's a recognition of the fact that she is a mother or will be a mother doesn't have to be your own mother uh, parents or parents or people who have lost their parents or their mother in the last year or so or the last 10 years or the last 20 years 
always make a, a, a trip to the, the grave site and if, it, if, all, if at all possible, the clean up the clean up the crypt and the dust off the cross and etc. etc. It's it's just another great or another difference that's enjoyable. Not going to the graveyard is good enjoyable, but you appreciate the fact that people have that continuity. They're, they're established well in this in the Spanish tradition or the Costa Rican tradition. And they're very tough to the foreigner gringo. If, you, if you're not a Costa Rican, Costa Rican has a tendency to say uh, you're a gringo. You know, as a Canadian, I don't care. And some Americans take umbrage at it being called a gringo. It's certainly not said as a derogatory comment. It's just a, a distinction between the fact that you're not Costa Rican. No put down whatsoever. I don't care what they call me. As long as they call me, and that's all. Literally, that sums up my whole philosophy a little bit. I guess I'm getting a little tikkalized here after 33 years. It's, uh, it's. Uh, I think I, I don't, I don't dream in color, and I don't dream in Spanish. That's for sure. And I don't speak Spanish if I don't have to, because I, uh, I claim I know enough Spanish to get in trouble and and embarrass myself. But there are some key words you learn very quickly, and you're Costa Rican's friends will tell you very quickly that most important words to say when you're in a, a bar or restaurant with your Costa Rican friends, and these are them saying this to you, is to say, la cuenta por favor. And you always say that at the end of the meal, and you say it loud and clear. And it took me a couple months to realize that la cuenta por favor means the, the bill, please. So they, they, they thought that was funnier than Hades. As I was paying for this every meal for the first three or four months, my wife and I were paying for it. You know, again, tongue in cheek, uh, you learn very quickly that's what it means and such. But they would try it on and on and on, just as a, a joke. The Costa Ricans have a wonderful, wonderful sense of humor. Uh, it's, when I came here many years ago, and my vast array, array of jokes was like a, almost a comedian for them because there were jokes that the I've never heard before with my Irish Canadian sense of humor, they got great joy in listening to a friend translate the jokes to Spanish and he helped by either embellish, making them sound better or covering the words that didn't learn applicable. He would pass it into a, a, a local word. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. It's uh, one of the reasons why this is home forever. We, my wife and I have never lived anywhere else as long as we have lived here in Costa Rica. The Caribbean was a job for both of us. We got transferred down there years and years and years ago and came back to Canada to get married and found very quickly, very quickly, 20 years later, that we didn't care for 15 years later, that we didn't, we didn't want to stay in Canada. We wanted to be more laid back lifestyle. We had traveled for seven or eight years rather extensively. Mexico, Cayman Islands, Church Caicos, Hawaii, of course, a number of other, uh, other places. But uh, Costa Rica reached out, uh, almost immediately reached out to us. And uh, 
uh, we arrived here on Thursday or Friday and Tuesday, we both invested enough so we got our legal status as resident investors with the idea of moving here in 25 or 30 years and retire here. Within a year, we were living here full time. I haven't been back to Canada now for 20, uh, 30 years, 20, 23 years, 24 years. And I'm sure you don't miss it that much at all. Hey, Kevin, I, I, we have about we have about three or four more minutes, and I just wanted to uh, bring up one more point of information, which again goes with everything that you're saying here today, and we do appreciate your time. There are so many small towns, of course, in Costa Rica. I was in a town a few years ago. It's called Tilaran. It's about a mile and a half, maybe two miles from Lake Aranal by the Aranal Volcano. And I was there about 20 years ago, my first uh, week that I was here in Costa Rica, and it was just a small, laid-back agricultural town. Had a little bit of tourism, but not that much. A few years ago when I went, it was full of, uh, of gringos. And one might say that that's a bad thing, but what I really noticed was everybody in town, number one, they loved the money coming in from the United States basically, in Canada. All the gringos there were from either the USA or Canada, a couple from Europe. And number two, what I really liked about it was the Ticos and the Ticas loved their new neighbors. They seemed to uh, really fit in. There was no animosity whatsoever. And all the gringos did was, uh, was enhance the economy of the town. And so in about Two minutes, Kevin. Can you, you kind of expand that? You've been here longer than I have, and uh, just a, a short note on some of the smaller towns that you've seen. Well, yeah, so that's big towns, small towns. The, the common thread is when people ask this, is a very good question. The people say, well, why do they make Costa Rica make it so difficult to get a legal status here in Costa Rica? And why did they offer the legal status? They offer the legal status because they want that retired person or the person with funds to, to invest in a business and such, or just want to live here and spend money. They want that money, that nice, clean, pristine dollars that come with no pollution to Costa Rica and such. And the person has theoretically polluted their home country and then moving here. So they appreciate that cash injection. For every dollar generated by the legal statuses, it generates about seven or eight, nine dollars into the economy being passed on from one person to the other. So that's that's the big theory, that, that's the big plus. The second one is well, look at the number of day chauffeurs, gardeners, et cetera, et cetera, to have a job because he has four or five, three or four, two or three, one uh, gringo or North American or foreigner that he does a job for. Does he get paid enough on one? Well, he doesn't charge the gringo 10 times more than he would charge uh, another uh, fellow Costa Rican. He'd probably do it with the Costa Rican for free, but it does generate a lot of money. That's why the, the country is now promoting the nomad uh, status, which is just a, a, a quick pathway for a person who doesn't live in a, static situation. In other words, he doesn't go to an office, but works online. He can be located anywhere 
they want that person and his family to move to Costa Rica and work uh, back back home. They're giving very very attractive incentives. Um, I don't personally I don't think it's a well thought out program, but better minds than mine have said it is. And I'm a I'm a foreigner, so I I, I my comments don't mean anything because I've chosen not to become a Costa Rican citizen and thus have a vote. So no, just just to wind up, uh, it's it's a it's an industry and they protect the industry for both the people here, Costa Ricans. And the people moving here are protected by that industry, and the industry being immigration. Yeah, and I, I think just to finish up here, I think that uh, ninety nine percent of the the expats here really appreciate this country, and they do a lot. They give back. They pay it forward, and that's such a beautiful thing when you think about it. Kevin, it's been a pleasure, of course. And folks, we've posted Kevin's contact information and his website address on the program notes associated with this specific episode. I do want to say that his website address is Costa Rica Immigration and Moving Experts.com. That's Costa Rica Immigration and Moving Experts.com. If you go to that website on the home page on the top left, he has his WhatsApp phone number there. If you need any of your questions or concerns answered or addressed, uh, he can do that for you immediately. And uh, by the way, if you haven't already, be sure to listen to our first 44 conversations with Kevin regarding, again, residency and everything else there is to know about Costa Rica. If you like what you've heard today, please share our Q&A session with your friends, family on social media. We'd appreciate that. And finally, if you come up with any specific questions or topics that you'd like Kevin to cover, let us know and send your request to my email address at Costa Rica goodnews at gmail.com. That's Costa Rica goodnews at gmail.com. Kevin, thanks again. We'll wrap it up right now and we'll see you soon for our next conversation together talking about everything you need to know about acquiring your legal status here in Costa Rica and so much more. Welcome entirely, Skipper. I uh, again enjoyed myself and I hope the audience enjoyed my your questions and my answers. If there's anything they want to clarify, please don't hesitate to contact yourself or myself. Thank you, Kevin. My pleasure.